0: Off top. So there are 300 million Earth-like worlds in the Milky Way. Do you think Nathaniel Hackett knows how to call timeouts in one of them? Play the music.
1: This is
0: the Dominique Foxworth Show. Fun games, I think, right? The Monday Night Doubleheader. I know people complained about it a little bit, but... I mean, I kind of like flipping back and forth. My man Orlovsky, I thought, did a great job on his game. But it was exciting. Even though they weren't close, it was exciting. What are the chances? That's the Super Bowl matchup we have, Bills versus Eagles. I'd be half right because I got the Eagles going. And on
2: I... the other side,
0: I don't know about the Bills.
2: What? That that was your takeaway? You're not sure about the Bills? Oh, no, 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 no. That... That, wasn't, that wasn't my takeaway. I'm saying
0: my preseason picks. <laughs> okay. Like, my preseason picks. Like, yeah, the Bills – Look pretty freaking good. But I mean the Titans aren't good.
2: What a fall off for the Titans. We- like the Titans are bad bad this the- year.
0: Yeah. I mean the Titans weren't good last year, yeah. but they well- were the number one seed. And yeah, they got they got worse, which we all knew. They lost Taylor lawan in the first quarter. I mean, mm-hmm. this game was like riddled with injuries, some really scary, yeah, scary ones. ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Titans are not good, they got worse. This season, and they got worse in the course of this game. And Josh Allen, like what it seemed like happened to me was they came out with the the game plan of too high on like late downs to keep Josh Allen from the big plays. But on early downs, they were committed to like a cover three. And then Josh Allen, they started throwing on early downs and Josh Allen started eating that cover three up. He was manipulating the linebackers. Cover three is not a great coverage. like It's not really going to shut that too many teams down if they know it's coming. So early downs, they attacked the cover three. He manipulated the linebackers in the coverage. The receivers were really good. And then uh, the Titans got a little desperate. And then they started putting their guys in man coverage. And they started blitzing a little bit more often. And, yeah, that's not going to work. And and Diggs, I believe that Diggs is the top of the I'm him rankings right now. I've decided that he is the number one him because he can't be guarded in man coverage and – Not with Josh Allen recognizing coverages the way he was. I think that first touchdown to Diggs was a really impressive play by Josh Allen's man coverage. Um, Josh Allen rolls left and the corner who's supposed to be covering Diggs as Diggs runs right, that corner falls off. Josh Allen immediately recognized that, which has to be really hard to do and throws across his body back across the field to an unguarded Stephon Diggs for a touchdown. That was early in the game. The rest of the touchdowns were just digs, kind of matched up. One was cover three. He hit like kind of a deep skinny, if there's such a thing, uh, right in the seam. And then the the last one was kind of a blitz, aggressive blitz play. And they did a little – uh, it looked like an RPO that sucked everybody up. And the poor corner, rookie corner out there against Diggs, isolated with no safety help, essentially in zero coverage with no pressure. You can't expect him to win like that. So –
2: yeah, that game was over quickly. It was absurd. I mean, that <laughs> team is so fun to watch. And uh, I think you made, a, you made a really good point of putting Steph Diggs at the top, top of the him rankings. And that ties into the other game because we thought Justin Jefferson could be the top of the him rankings this year. <laughs> but pri- Prime time Kirk, baby. Worst <laughs> quarterback in Monday Night Football history. Oh, Showed up. He is not yes. him. He is, he
0: is. So first of all, I, I tweeted this out. Quarterbacks can't be hims. That's just a rule that I've made because they get to be MVPs. They get to win the Heisman. They get to be everything on all levels. They don't deserve as much credit as they get, but they get it. So officially, Josh Allen is great, but he can't be a him. You got to be a skill
2: player to be a him. Or you could be a defensive or offensive lineman to be a him right now. No, no, no. It's an indictment of a quarterback if he calls himself him. Because he yeah. has to say we. We. <laughs> yeah. won. Yes. We we are him. It's the only way the quarterbacks can
0: involve themselves in the him. But, yeah, so Justin Jefferson thought he was going to be him. I, he's dropped down the him rankings because they shut him down. But it's not fair to talk about Kirk Cousins in the Vikings and not Jalen Hurts. Like, this game, yeah. this whole yeah. night was about Jalen Hurts. He, like, came out and was he was like 10 for 10 off the top? He ended up with over 300 passing and a touchdown, uh, like more than 50 rushing and two rushing touchdowns. And Mm -hmm. he, it wasn't,
2: some of it was- The the, second one was sick, by the way. We should, the second was not like a quarterback just like- The
0: first one was sick. Yeah. He got in in the middle of all that action. We talked about, we heard about his 600 pound squat Mm -hmm. entirely too many times. And I got to give Troy some credit. He asked the right question. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. He just flat out was like, you squat 600 pounds? Why? As someone who used to squat a lot of weights unnecessarily and my back now hurts because of it? Yes. Why? That's not making you a better quarterback. I feel like once you get over like 425, d- diminishing returns at that point. It's no reason to. Do. But anyway, it worked out for him. His back doesn't hurt just yet. But what I was going to get to is it didn't feel like there were some gimmicky plays in there. Yeah but it didn't feel like they were gimmicking. Like he was out there. Like I used to call him a poor man's Lamar Jackson, but he's like upgraded to like discount Lamar Jackson. Yeah. like <laughs> This game was MVP caliber numbers. He put up and it wasn't all attacking the edge. He's attacking the middle field and eating their
2: zone up. I, I was really impressed with Jalen hurts and this defense is loaded. The defense is loaded. Uh I mean, the weapons are loaded. I just thought, like, patience and him throwing the ball, he looks night and day from last year. I'm not going to pretend that I was always a believer in Jalen Hurts throwing the football because it was really rough in, you know, high-leverage situations in the last two years. But he's in control in the intermediate and short routes that he was not in control of last year. And it, this isn't like a, I like, you pointed to the numbers, which is right. That's the right way to do it. But also just watching him play yeah. – He's, it's so much, the game has slowed down so much for him.
0: Yeah. Um. And I think, you know, I'm not quick to give coaches a lot of credit, but I mm-hmm. think Nick Sirianni, I remember thinking kind of dismissively of him. We he came in, yeah, he yeah. came in with some foolish, like, rah-rah nonsense. Like, uh, and I wasn't a fan of it, but ever since they kind of shifted to building, and this is what coach is supposed to do, build an offense yeah. around the players you have. Don't complain about how you don't have a good quarterback and wait for the draft next year. And all. that's not what they're doing there. And they built the offense around him. And they have a team that's really loaded. It didn't seem like he was ever under pressure. They are protecting the hell out of him in the course of the game. And they got him weapons. And he just was doing his thing. And when nobody was open, he would tuck it and run. It It seemed like the team that I expected them to be.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's even better than that, honestly, because I can't say that I expected Jalen Hurts to pass the ball as well as he did tonight. And it was at all levels. Like, he hit deep balls. He hit intermediate passes. He attacked over the middle of the field. I'm not sure if I saw any, like, deep outs or deep comebacks, but yeah. maybe that'll come. But if you don't have to throw that, then fine. Don't ever throw it. But I really like how they went into empty for him to start off. Mm-hmm. I, I generally like that for young quarterbacks. Um I know it kind of telegraphs to the offense or to the defense that you're passing the ball, but I guess it doesn't. They him. ran not with yeah. him, but the reason why I like it is you spread them out and you force the defense to declare. It's very, it's easier to disguise when they're all, when all the offensive players are in tight because the guy who's blitzing and the guy who's covering the blitzing they're all like jumbled together. It's harder to read. I love the idea of spreading it out early for form and it kind of tells um, the game plan. So you see, defenses don't come into a game with every play in the playbook. They come into the game with a specific game plan, with a handful of blitzes, a handful of coverages. If you run a lot of zero or excuse me, run a lot of empty early, they're going to show you their blitzes and coverages early. And then you can adjust from there. And they use that like recon time. They were also scoring and moving the ball in that process. And I, I was really impressed with this team and, I mean, go back to episode one, institutional stability. <laughs> it's, a, it's a well-run organization that seems smart and uh, prepare for all situations.
2: Um, I would also just like to take this moment to congratulate the Philadelphia Eagles on winning the NFC East. I think we can say that officially. So congratulations. You have uh, outclassed uh, the Cowboys, uh, the Washington Commanders, and uh, I know the Giants are 2-0. Giants fans come come at us, but yeah. Eagles,
0: yeah. I, I'm a big Giants fan. They, they are, I'm atop the ESPN analyst uh, rankings right now, as far as picking games in large part, because I picked the Giants <laughs> Twice. In, in week one and week two, and they pulled it out for me. Those are, those are the ones where other people were where everyone else is going the other way. So I love my Giants, but they're not going to win this division. Is there anything else that you want to cover from either of these games that I hit everything that was important? Are any questions you got? Everything that matters before we hop into the time machine.
2: I think it's time to hop into the time machine. All right. Good times.
0: Get a good night's sleep. See you bright and early tomorrow morning. Let's hop into the time machine.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Welcome to the Dominique Foxer show. What up, Charlie?
2: I am exhausted and excited after another Sunday of football.
0: I feel better this week. Last week really kicked my ass. But um, I'm playing myself into shape. I feel OK this week. And I feel like I last week it felt like a whirlwind and I didn't mm-hmm. even really have a bunch of great takeaways because it just was so much football. But I, I'm i back in my rhythm. I know how to watch games and, and budget my time. And now I got some good takes for y'all.
2: Yeah. I mean, football tolerance. You got to you know, you got to build that up. It's no one's a natural <laughs> watching, you know, 15 hours of football a week. Oh, um, gosh. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start this week? Tom Brady, the,
0: the Brady Cliff. We got to talk about it.
2: I, 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 I agree. And I have. Oh,
0: I didn't even make a take yet. You already agree. No, no, no. I agree.
2: I agree that we have to talk about it because uh, I think there are two questions, one on the surface and one below. And I think the Brady Cliff question I want to ask the let's go surface first. Are we still sure Brady is that good? No. I mean yes. I mean no. I don't know how to answer that question.
0: I am sure that Brady is not that good. But why? Because yeah, it's not fair of me. I've watched two games. I think what it is 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 that we um we have so much history with Brady and we've all been burned because we all whether you said it out loud or not, you all thought Brady was done after he left uh Tampa Bay or excuse me, I think he left New England and he wasn't. And so we all got burned and we're nervous about saying it again. But there are too many damn signs. Like it's easy to explain what happened when he went to Tampa Bay. He left a team that didn't have weapons and he went to a team with incredible offensive line and weapons and he played well. And there are too many signs right now around him. The man quit and came back. He disappeared for 11 days in training camp. He hasn't really thrown the ball well so far this season. And also he's 45. Like, I think that that's enough evidence. And maybe I'm jumping to conclusions because it's only been two games and he's had like three good passes in the two games. But I think it's reasonable to think that he's finally
2: going to be average. Yeah, no, no. And my my question about that is, Okay, what's the problem with him game managing right now, though? And the reason I say that is because it's like he's got yesterday he played with Brashad Perryman and Scotty Miller after Mike Evans got tossed and Chris Godwin's hurt and Gronk hasn't unretired yet. So that defense is really good. They keep winning by double digits like pacing versus washed is the question, because why can't he game manage the first few weeks?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not the question. He can definitely game manage the first few weeks. I mean, he won his first Super Bowl game managing. He is capable of being a game managing quarterback. I guess the real question is, with this team and this defense, are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender? And that's when I think I might have to back off my take of Brady is nearing the the Brady cliff. Yes, that's it. Because in the NFC, in the NFC, why aren't they a Super Bowl contender? and, And they're so good everywhere else. And they're gonna ask Brady at some point to reach back and become the old Brady, and I'd be stupid to say that he can't do that once or twice this season, particularly in the playoffs. so i I think they're in good shape to win the division once again, uh and maybe even have one of the best records. uh I guess you now you have to have the best record. so I don't see them having a first round buy because I don't think they're gonna have the best record in football or in the NFC, which I guess they possibly could, but that's where my, my the sh- like the sharpness of my take, it dulls a little bit because he's smart enough to manage his way through all of this and also lead a, a game-winning drive in the playoffs if need be. And his defense is good enough to keep them in games. It, it's, I mean, he's not as bad as Peyton was his final Super Bowl season, but if the Broncos can do it with a shell of Peyton Manning, there's no reason why uh the Bucks can't do it with a much better version of Tom Brady than that version of Peyton Manning.
2: I mean, I I I agree. And I think it's like this is really interesting because Tom Brady was so good that his like fall off has like has been somewhat incremental. But yeah. to your point of him only need to making needing to make a couple throws, all right. Mike Evans gets Marshawn Latimer tossed. Like three plays later, he reaches back into the time machine and drives the ball down the right sideline for a touchdown. Gosh,
0: that that, like when we say he reaches back into the time machine to win, because that wasn't the Brady when he was young, that Brady is relatively new. That's like, that's Randy Moss, Brady. And that's Tampa Brady that he rarely threw balls like that. At least in my memory, when he was uh, any other time in his career. And I guess that's not what they asked him to do, but he still has that, which I guess is why. And he still makes good enough decisions, but he seems frustrated too.
2: Oh yeah. With, with himself, which is a rarity, I guess for Brady. I mean, the, 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 the to push you back to the, to, to the Tom Brady cliff question. I mean, it is weird. And if this is the beginning, like this, this can always be an inflection point where it can get worse. I, I, I that it's going to get better as, as he you game manages so? and is like, but it could easily get worse. I mean, You can tell me how weird this is. Does anyone care on the team that he's taking half the week off now, that he's off Wednesdays also? Uh, Does it even matter that he missed 11 practices?
0: Hell no. Yeah. So I don't think it matters. I, I think it matters because of what it tells us about what's happening in and around him. I don't think it matters for game preparation or for how the team thinks about him. He's still a god to them. Yeah, like Mike Evans got himself tossed out the game because he said it's Tom Brady. He went and fought for Tom Brady because we all know Tom Brady's not going to be out there fighting. That would be ridiculous. But Mike Evans, who's probably, I mean, an all pro, not probably. He is an all pro is out there diving in front of Marshawn Lattimore. And tra- well, I guess he has beef for Marshawn Lattimore. So he just he just needed a reason. But the point is the respect for Tom Brady is on another level. I, don't, I think if he just showed up on Sundays, the team would still rally
2: around him. That won't be a problem. And from, from a non-in-the-locker-room guy perspective, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if he's off basically those days, is he missing install or something? Or are they installing stuff over the week that makes them more limited by Tom Brady not being there?
0: Um. So Tuesday is the off day. Monday is normally the game plan day and like work out the lactic acid in your body. So missing Monday doesn't matter. Tuesday is normally off. Wednesday is first down, first and second down install normally. So it's that's when they install the game plan. So if he doesn't practice, that's different than not being there. Like he'll be there. Mm. But, uh, and I'm sure he has some say-so in the game plan. So he'll be involved in that. I don't think he needs to be on the field throwing necessarily, but I don't think he can just parachute in. You know, like you have to do walkthroughs where you're talking through adjustments and those sorts of things. That will make them worse. Whether he actually goes out on the field and does full practice or not, which I would say it doesn't matter, but like, why would he not? I understand when I play like the vet's And like the, the pro bowlers didn't practice every week and that sort of stuff. And that mattered some because it's taxing to practice, but not at quarterback. Like, I don't see why he can't practice during the week. What what are you proposing that he goes home and just like studies the iPad and then shows up on Sunday only?
2: No, I just think it's weird. It's like this guy has his entire lifestyle is now a method of being obsessed with his job and being obsessed with football and seeing little cracks in that. And you know, Cracks gone from his forehead. His teeth, his veneers are perfect, but the cracks are in him as a football player in his preparation. He led the league in passing yards last year. I like how we flipped on this. It started me talking you down for the Tom Brady cliff. And now I inch towards it. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not defend Tom Brady too much. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's just mind
0: blowing. I like, yeah. Oh no. He led the whole league in passing yards last year. Like, mm-hmm. we, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Tom Brady had more passing yards than all of them and 43 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So, yes, he's going to fall off of that cliff, but where he's going to land is like still top half of the league and when you have as much talent as they have. So it just feels like we went a long way talking about Tom Brady to come to the conclusion that they're still one of the favorites in the NFC and maybe Tom good. Brady will retire, but we really ain't said We just did a whole lot of talking today, said nothing.
2: That's sh-. right, that's right. We talked all around it uh, and said absolutely nothing. Plus they're gonna get Godwin back, who's really their number one receiver and Julio Jones yeah. is randomly fast again in week one and he's gonna be their new Gronk, so yeah.
0: Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful slash D F today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H-E-L-P dot com slash D F.
0: Let's move on to um, the, the guy who is going to take over the mantle as the best high end game manager in football
2: to anon. my guy to a tug of I have a question. What is he definitely a game manager? Like, if if Tua plays like yesterday and the Dolphins are absolutely loaded, what's his ceiling and their ceiling?
0: Yeah, their ceiling, I expect better from their defense. Yeah. Because their defense has guys, a bunch of guys, and they played really well last year. But yeah, they're a legitimate AFC contender. If the Bengals can stumble their way to the Super Bowl last year, uh, I think the, uh, the Dolphins can also. But... They got playmakers everywhere and speed everywhere. You can't double team everybody including Gusecki who is out of the doghouse and still doesn't know how to block, but runs routes and attacks the secondary in a way that other tight ends can't. Doesn't know how to gritty either.
2: Oh my gosh. That's not.
0: Is the gritty dead now? Did he kill it? I, Are players still going to do it?
2: Honestly, he was so bad that he was good at it. You don't want to be mediocre at anything. And he made an entire new dance out of it. But I think
0: where is he? Uh, where is he from? Like, it just looked like someone who had never danced. Is he from like? Oh, I'm about to make myself sound really old. Is he from the foot, the city, and footloose, where they're not allowed to dance?
2: Oh man, I've uh, from... never seen that movie. He's from Manahawkin, New Jersey.
0: New Jersey, that's like New Yorkish. Like you should be able to hit some. Well, I guess gritty is a Louisiana thing, but. He should do better than that. That was embarrassing, unacceptable. And you think that it was so bad that it was good. <sighs> I don't know. The, the other, this came to mind too. Like, and I guess we could talk about it. We go to other games. I'm him. Like, <laughs> it's still cool now. No, it's not. I can no, feel it's not. it. Coming. It's not cool.
2: It's already dead. I'm him. Okay. It's definitely not cool because it's, uh, it's reached the stage where you have uh, like, 30-year-old not cool people jokingly calling themselves Himothy in text threads. Yeah. And like, I, I am him. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Once once I have like my friends texting that is like a bit not cool anymore.
0: <laughs> I think so. I, I disagree with you. I think it's still cool until it becomes like identified with someone who is not cool. Like I think that you guys doing it in your friend circle is like ironic. Clearly, yeah. that yeah. you don't know no hymns, so it's fine and it's fun. But once, like I don't know, once we once the we get politicians doing it, that's the I think that's the bar. Once Joe Biden is like I'm him, then then it's dead. It's all the way done when we get politicians doing it. Or also Greenberg, my guy Mike Greenberg, he he can kill a fad in a second. I think that's when dabbing stopped. When I saw Greeny hit a dab, I was like, all right, shark, spin
2: jumped. See, I was going to say it was Dan Levitard. Dan Levitard's going to like get you on on a Monday, and he's going to mm-hmm. stick his hand out and do the like the come-hither motion. He goes, Dominique, <laughs> explain the I'm him thing to me. Am I him? <laughs> Am I him? Am I not you him? Are.
0: You are. I mean, I guess I was going to say he's not him, but if you've ever been on South Beach walking around with Dan Levitard, he surely feels like him down there. They treat him like him. Anyway, get back to the real him. Tua, yes. my guy. He's absolutely incredible. Um, the yak that he creates because of his accuracy and the speed, the the pretzels, the defense is contorted into by having to account for Waddle and um, Tyreek Hill. It feels unbeatable. It feels impossible to fully stop. And they still have speedy running backs and Gaseki down the middle and a defense that can play well. The thing about Tua... After week one, I tweeted out that people should be impressed and excited for Tua, and I got a lot of pushback because he didn't play great in that week one game. But what I saw was, like, decisiveness, um, anticipation, and accuracy. And I don't think that he is going to be Josh Allen, so cool it on that. But he has the guys. If he can do that continuously, this offense is going to be really, really tough to stop. And they came back. From down twenty-one in the fourth quarter on the road against a good team, like I think we need to give some love to, to uh, Mike McDaniel too. He's knocked off Harbs, Belichick, and Harbs one and two. Like two of the best coaches in football. That's his first two games. All while Nathaniel Hackett still can't figure out his timeouts.
2: Yeah, but what what happened between one, week one and week two with that offense? Like why? Like it didn't didn't it seem like he was game managing much more in week one against a much worse team? Yeah. I mean,
0: it felt like he was game managing, but I think the difference was they needed it in this game. It's different when you need it. You bring something like um, you saw it when uh, the Saints got down, they let loose with Jameis. And then all of a sudden we got three interceptions and the same thing could have happened in this game. But Tua got guy, some guys that he can get it to and a coach that's going to scheme them up in a way that makes things easier. They were attacking the hell out of the Ravens secondary. And the Ravens have one of the best secondaries in football, even yeah. with the injuries that they have. They were so confused. They were blowing coverages here and there and getting run by. It just, it seems scary. And that was the worst or the, like the best case scenario for them. It's not going to look like that every week, but of course not. Your quarterback threw for four. 470 and six touchdowns your two top receivers had almost 200 yards a piece and two touchdowns a piece like if you guys can dial it back to 75 percent of that still gonna be incredibly tough team to beat and i think it just came down to we need it we're desperate two is even gonna throw six touchdowns or six
2: picks either way we're not gonna leave here with bullets in the holster Can I, can I give like a small take on this one, which I think it's interesting. I kind of think Tua throwing a couple interceptions. I don't want, obviously they don't want him throwing two interceptions every week. Tua with an interception on the stat line, that's like um, an aggressive ball turnover to me is indicative of a good thing with him and Mike McDaniels. Like I think him being overly cautious, that's not the quarterback that was one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Like that's not what, we thought of him as an anticipatory aggressive thrower when he was a freshman and sophomore at Alabama. That's something that developed post two ankle surgeries and hip surgery. And like, it was, it was so weird. Like I was looking at that stat line and you compare him to Lamar who played flawlessly um, on Sunday. And Tua had those, the two glaring mistakes. And it's like, you know what? With Tua, I can live with that. I'm fine with him having aggressive ball turnovers.
0: I mean, it's, it's going to pay off. The interception was, or he had two interceptions, right? They were both like aggressive ball turnovers. And he had another one that could have been caught if I remember correctly, yeah. that was an aggressive ball turnover. And he got lucky. Lamar got lucky too, because Lamar yeah. threw a game losing or game tying pick six that got dropped. Uh, but we're going to remember how perfect Lamar's game was. I don't know, before we move on to the Ravens, because I think they're interesting. Also, yeah. I do want to just point out how amazing, like it feels like the dolphins are now a feel good story. Yeah. And you remember this off season? Like I, it feels like it was two, three years ago that their the team owner was being accused of racism and being punished for it. And it just felt like, felt like, and then the story about the Brady thing came out. It just felt like it was mm-hmm. all falling apart there. And they hired Mike McDaniel, who was a coach that no one had interviewed, was not on the radar of anyone. And, then we found out Mike McDaniel was black. That was another like curveball of this offseason. And it was just a weird, uncomfortable, kind of embarrassing offseason for the Dolphins. And that's all washed away because they look good. And it, I found myself like liking this team, even though I had, like was rooting for them and picked them to do well in the preseason. Like you you kind of like the personality. You saw Mike on the sideline with them glasses on. He's, he's like a, I don't know. He's a very likable guy in this team is seems very fun Tyreek Hill gives absurd quotes after the games they just seem like a fun kind of team
2: which is a, a
0: far cry I was, from
2: what they were I uh, was about the- to say there were so many storylines that you forgot about the fact that Tyreek Hill came up with a podcast where he decided to anoint Tua as better than Patrick Mahomes for the entire offseason <laughs> he didn't do that he said that he was more accurate he talked he around was better. It. catch more catchable ball more accurate um oh, so one last thing before we move on on this offense team. And I have to seize on one thing you said, which is you think they're good enough to win the AFC. And that means two things. You think that they're good enough on a given day to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And it means they're good enough on a given day to beat the Buffalo Bills. Based on
0: what you've seen, do you really think that? So we talked about this in the first podcast. How yeah. we've never had so many teams that we thought could win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I absolutely think so. Like, would I pick them? No, I didn't pick them to be in my Final Four. I would not pick them right now. But what I've seen from them so far, and presumably they're only going to get better. Like Everyone has told me that Kyle Shanahan's offense the second year is when the quarterbacks really start to feel comfortable. So maybe they'll win it next year. But... If they can come back on the Ravens the way that they did, because it's about scoring, right? That's what it comes down to. I know that sounds stupid, but the reason why you bring up the Chiefs and and the um, Bills is because you have some trepidation about them being able to score against them. The Ravens seem to have no trouble scoring and they could keep up and they could come back from three scores down in the second half. So, can they Yeah, I mean, I'd certainly would pick the field over them, but it's hard for me to to imagine like it feels like you're saying they can't. Would you say they can't?
2: I'm in a wait and see period, which is the worst which is the worst non-take ever. Yeah. Like I need two or maybe two or three weeks as as a more aggressive quarterback. Yeah. And I'll I'll revisit, which is I got I know, a I got a I got a little confirmation bias. Yeah. leaking in
0: I I told y'all he was going to be good I told y'all they were going to be good so now they had a good game and I'm ready to puff my chest out and say I was right yeah. I think you're taking the prudent approach but that ain't fun your name's not on the show you got to be fun when your name's on the show
2: it's not that prudent because it's also I think one of the big questions coming out of yesterday is how the bleep do you stop Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle because they're just I mean, yes there are other guys in the offense Chase Edmonds Jasicki um everyone contributed but like those guys are mutants. Yeah. Like those guys are faster than it's like it's it's so simple that it's like those guys are faster than everyone who's playing against them. And it's the same thing as even playing football at recess. When someone is just way faster than you, it's really difficult to keep them in front of you. I don't know what that's like, but I, I've heard it's really difficult to when someone's way
0: faster than you. And they also like aren't track guys. They're football players who are crazy fast. <laughs> Like the change direction, the athleticism, the ball tracking and catching—like these are really good players. That I don't want to be hyperbolic, but you don't. There aren't there aren't thirty-two corners in the league that can cover either of them. No. So like, Marlon Humphreys maybe can cover one of them, and he's not going to lock them down all game. They're that good. But then who's going to co- cover the other ones? And that's like mm-hmm. to your point. It's we complicate this game so much, so, but sometimes it's really simple. They got so many dudes, they just got guys everywhere, and no one has you're going to have it's going to have to be a scheme. Like uh, you have to overcome them with scheme, tricking them and whatnot. Because if they know what you're in, there's no hope. They're going to do deep yeah. crosses against zone. And they're going to do uh, whatever they want, frankly, against man. Because what it comes down to, this reminds me of when I would play against Randy Moss. You can have anything 20 and under, which is a yeah. bad strategy to play in a game because first down's only 10 yards. And I saw the corners in this game doing similar thing where it's like, <laughs> you can have
2: anything 20 and under. The thing is, though, like the, cr- the crazy thing is, and this is, I'm going to blaspheme for a second. DBs would rather see Randy Moss with the ball in front of them with 10 yards to make an open field tackle than either tyree Hill or Jalen Waddle. Those guys are they're like they're tackle breakers. They're hybrid running back receivers.
0: That is blasphemous, but I
2: think you're probably
0: right. Randy Moss is is fast as hell, but he's not breaking anybody's ankles. He's not he doesn't have the same running back skills. I think uh Let's not get carried away, blaspheming against the great Randy Moss. But I think you're right. My favorite player of all time. Yeah, I think you're right. If you give Tyreek Hill a hitch, (laughs) the receivers are or DBs are much more nervous about that than Randy Moss. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right. A little bit of Ravens talk. Yeah. Um, Pay Lamar Jackson everything that he wants. Ravens talk over.
2: Okay. That was the best Lamar game I've seen since 2019. But the question, what's... what? Do you feel like if the Ravens can't hold a lead because that's the whole Ravens offense thing, running the ball, Lamar being dominant, getting first downs and holding leads.
0: Yeah. The Ravens offense, there is cause for concern because what makes them so special is what you mentioned. So they, the, he had a big, Lamar had a big, crazy long run. And that's the funny thing about that is the only time runs like that happen is Mm -hmm. when teams are trying to stop Lamar from running. Because they load up the box and they don't have a deep safety because they're like, we're going to stop Lamar. When in actuality, yeah. what you're doing is creating a boom or bust scenario. When you play a softer zone, Lamar will get six, seven, eight, and go down. When you load the box like that, all he has to do is – or you have one person miss an assignment or he breaks one tackle and then he's out the gate and no one's going to catch him. Put that aside. The issue with the Ravens offense for me is one of the things you love about the Ravens offense is that they – Fourth and two, fourth and three, go for it. They'll be fine because they have the numbers advantage in the running game. They had Mm -hmm. two fourth downs in this game that cost them. One in the red zone, Lamar fumbled, or I guess it was a fumbled snap. uh, And then the Dolphins went on a 97-yard scoring drive. Another one in the second half, I think it was the fourth quarter, they went for it on fourth down, trying to put the game away around midfield. Lamar did not get it again. They gave the ball to him. He didn't succeed. Those are things that the Ravens are always supposed to get done. That's what makes him special, to your point. And there was another pass where he rolled out to the right and threw it to a wide open, likely the rookie tight end who dropped it. And so I guess I'm not worried because those feel like aberrations. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to get most fourth downs in the future. And I think that they're not going to drop that many passes. They're not going to blow as many coverages. This is not a team that has a history of doing this stuff. They were extremely injured last year and gave up some wins in that situation or gave us some leads in that situation, but I don't expect this to be a problem going forward, which is why I was like, let's just, yeah. it, to me, it doesn't feel like there's a whole bunch to talk about here. It's like pay Lamar. The Ravens will be fine.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, uh, Figure, figure is worth worth explaining, but I'm I'm I mean I'm totally with you. Even the blown coverage that led to the final touchdown, like those things won't happen in higher leverage situations. All
0: right. From one comeback to another. Kyler Murray, like I I think he dodged some storylines, some negative storylines, like he was dodging those defensive linemen at the end of that game. Because him and Cliff and Steve Kime, they was gonna be under a bunch of bad news this week if they could have pulled out that miraculous uh, victory and Kyler I mean the film study clause I get it I guess but he can do that Like. <laughs> He could just take over the game. That game-winning touchdown run he had, I think they said Kyler Murray ran 87 yards, but he really only gained three yards for that big game tying or set up the game tying touchdown. But Kyler did all that, and Cliff still was trying to get himself fired. How the hell do you get a delay a game on a two-point play? We you only have like you go into a game with just a couple two-point plays. You knew you were going to be going for two if you scored a touchdown. This reminds me, and it's just as egregious as the Nathaniel Hackett issues from week one and week two, Yeah, because it's not a surprise. Like I'm willing to grant your coach some leniency if there's like an unpredictable situation. This is exactly what you wanted to happen. You wanted to score a touchdown, and you wanted to go for two. They scored a touchdown, and then they got to delay a game because they couldn't get the play in. And again, Kyler Murray bailed them out by um, hitting AJ Green in the back of the end zone for the two point play. And then the
2: overtime period was crazy. I'd love to know what you think about this, because I left that game actually not thinking I learned anything about the Cardinals or Kyler Murray. And I say that because like, yeah, he was incredible. And those plays are things that only he can do. I think I knew that. I think I knew he's like one of the greatest athletes you've ever seen in like, um, in in broken plays and out of out of structure, he's elite. He also looked completely listless for the first half of the game. They're down 20-nothing. And like that's sort of the tale of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. We've always seen is that they're just extended periods of lethargy and bad play and moments of brilliance. And like, I don't know. I mean, look, the two-point conversion play, the the delay of game is egregious. And they were tempting fate with that their entire comeback i just still don't know kyler pretty pretty good i don't know
0: the defense played a lot better in the second half uh nobody on the raiders really put up good numbers like you would expect for any of their big playmakers and hunter renfro was really really trying to throw the game away (laughs) he fumbled twice in key situations they got one back and then the second one was picked up by murphy returned yeah. for a touchdown overtime to to end the game but it didn't seem like any either team really wanted to win like hollywood brown made an incredible catch um and hollywood made a crazy catch earlier and then in in this situation towards the end of the game he i mean i guess you don't want to call it a drop because he got hit but it seemed like the way he caught the ball was like a running back trying to catch the ball yeah. and he caught it away from his body. It was like, he'd never run a seven route with a safety or against cover two before. And he got hit and, and coughed it up. So they all were trying to give the game away, but Kyler Murray took over, made it possible and Hunter Renfro just gave it away. So yeah, I, I think we all picked the Raiders to be the worst team in the group of death. Yeah. The Broncos are giving them a fight, but they sure seem like <laughs>
2: that was a, a, a good bet. I, yeah, that's a that's actually more of a toss up to me than I thought after after week after week two. Not that I think the Raiders are are particularly great, but I I don't know if the Broncos are better. To be completely honest, based on what we've seen, I'm pretty sad. So um,
0: I want to try something new. Let's do Dominique Foxworth, defense attorney. All right, give me some positions, whether I believe in them or not, I will defend them.
2: Okay, let's start with a quick hitter. I'm gonna lob you a softball. Um, I know you're a world-class defense attorney, but you got to warm up here. (laughs) We know that you like Dak Prescott. We know he's your guy. He's been your guy for a while. Okay. Cooper Rush beat the Super Bowl runner up Bengals yesterday. And I want you to defend Dak Prescott. But what I want you to defend is, is Dak Prescott as good as we thought going into week one of the season? If they have played like this through two games. I mean,
0: I I refuse. Can we get this thrown out? Like, isn't there like a a pre-trial situation where you can get stuff thrown out before it actually goes to court? This is like absurd. Cooper Rush had one mediocre game that they happened to win against a (laughs) Bengals team that none of us think are really that good. And you guys are trying to, you are trying to come at Dak Prescott. Like, I. what is the, who's the judge in this? I demand a judge. Christina, can you be our judge? (laughs) This should not have to go to trial. Please chime in and agree with me.
2: I'll settle out of court.
0: <laughs> You'll settle out
2: of court? I'll, I'll settle out of court on this one. Just <laughs> There's basically... nothing
0: to settle. No, I want a, a mistrial. I don't know what it's called before you get to it, but I do not want to go to trial
2: on this. The charges against Dak Prescott are dropped. He is a very good quarterback, and okay. Cooper Rush okay. is probably, probably not. Don't waste my time with that. I need Cooper Rush got to have, like,
0: three good games in a row before I even entertain this conversation.
2: Well, this is, I, I really wanted this as a, as a lead into the second thing I want you to defend. We've talked about this. You said, even after yesterday, the Bengals can, can win the AFC North. They've lost to to Cooper Rush and Mitchell Trubisky. Defend the take that the Bengals can still win the AFC North. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. This isn't much, uh, this is legitimate. The take is the Steelers aren't good and they got worse. From when they beat them, they only lost to the Steelers because the fluke injury to their long snapper. So I don't think the Steelers are real competitors. The Browns are not good either. They blew a game to the Jets, the team who always wants to blow games. And the Ravens are already piling up injuries and gave away a game that they should have won. So I, I picked the Ravens to win this division. If you make me bet, I'm still sticking with the Ravens. However, you're asking me, can the Bengals still win it? Absolutely. They still can win it. Joe Burrow's pocket presence is um, incredible in spite of the fact that he holds onto the ball too long and they have possibly one of the best like three headed monsters in the league and mixing Chase and Burrow. So uh, given where they are in this division, I think that they have a chance. And the, like I mentioned, the Ravens already got injuries piling up. They're down to their third left tackle. They got injuries in the secondary. That's what the problem for them last year, and it could be the problem again for them this year. So yes, Joe Burrow, who went on a m- miraculous run last year, they could still win the the North.
2: Okay, I have some some follow up questions that I think will decide if this defense is good enough. Last year, Patrick Mahomes, and I'm, I'm going to tie this all back in. Last year, Patrick Mahomes struggled for those six weeks with two high safeties, and mm-hmm. he was getting hit a lot. He's holding on to the ball, and I remember you were like, this is a simple concept, Patrick will figure it out. And then it took longer than we thought. Mm -hmm. That's working against Burrow and he's holding the ball. And the same thing is happening. And how much of this is on the line? How much is on Joe Burrow? And how much of this is fixable over the course of the season? If we think last year's peak was somewhat of a fluke. It's on Zach Taylor
0: is who it's on. Like, just in general, that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about the Nathaniel Hackett saga is the blame is going where it belongs. I think we're so reticent to criticize coaches because we don't know what's going on all that often on the field. Like, you'll fire a quarterback, you'll blame an offensive line. We're all more prone to look at the situation and and go with the guy's name we know or the guy who we see messing up. But oftentimes, I think it's on the coach. And I think this week, it feels like that. If there are not... Do we think that Joe Burrow is capable of reading a defense? I think the answer is yes. I guess if we're doing the whole court thing, I should let you answer the question, but I'm not going to. The answer is yes. Joe Burrow can read a defense. So why isn't he throwing it to open people? To me, it suggests that the play design is not up to par. And to be fair, I have not grinded do you grind or grind it or ground? I have not grinded the all 22 of the Bengals. I'll go do that after this so I can know for sure whether I'm right or wrong. But my guess is Joe Burrow does like to hold onto the ball, but Joe Burrow's not holding on to the ball for kicks. He's holding on the ball because nobody's open. He should still learn from Tom Brady and throw the ball away a little bit more often. But if we're blaming somebody, we're blaming the coach. I'm not having this blaming of Joe Burrow just yet.
2: I mean, shouldn't he get some blame? Everyone anointed him a top five quarterback of the NFL. And he's got, it's not, it was not just a three headed monster. It's also T. Higgins, who's back, yeah. who's like a, a second number one receiver. Like at some point, feeding your weapons too and just making the so, simple plays.
0: I would say that Joe Burrow deserves blame for the sacks. Okay. yeah uh, even if even if the line his is line crushed. is getting
2: crushed by the way his line right. is getting crushed but, for all this
0: but getting crushed and missing blocks is one thing getting sacked is another thing. most sacks I think can be avoided by quarterbacks uh dirt in the ball or getting rid of it. I think Joe burrow actually had what's that Uh one of um one of Micah Parsons sacks stands out in my memory mm-hmm. that it's either Joe burrow's holding on it too long or nobody was open where Micah Parsons started on the left side of the line and ended up all the way in the right side, coming back to the left before getting the sack. That's holding on to the ball too long. So yeah. uh, Joe Burrow, I, I, I'm willing to chalk up the sacks to Joe Burrow. Get rid of it. If the play design is so poor, throw it at somebody's feet so you don't get sacked and get yourself hurt. You have already have a ACL in your history. So I'm fine with that. But the fact that the offense is unproductive, to me, given how good the offense was at times last year and given the upgrades to the offensive line that's on the coach. Do they have talent? Yes. Should they be bad at offense? No. To me, that falls on the coach. I don't know how we can blame uh, anyone because it's not like they're just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't look a mess or disjointed. It looks like sloppy, which to me falls more on the coach than on the players.
2: the, The prosecution would like it to be noted. That Dominique Foxworth is taking all credit away from the sacks from the great defensive players, Micah Parsons and TJ Watt. Those sacks are now Zach Taylor uh, sacks.
0: Oh uh, they they are Zach Taylor sacks and Joe Burrow sacks. So Micah, deal with it. You're gonna have 15 this year anyway. So you you can lend a couple to to Zach and Joe. All right. Um I don't know. We don't have a judge to tell me whether I'm right or wrong. So Christina won't chime in, even though I asked her to. She's being mean to me
1: <laughs> I'm right here. I was listening to everything you had to say. I don't know if I fully agree with you that the Bengals can win it all. I don't know if I'm convinced yet.
0: Let's go. OK, well, I'll take one L, I guess. One in one. All right. What's the
2: last one? Break the tie. OK, the last one here. You know who the stock of the NFL is? Oh, it's Nathaniel Hackett. It's Nathaniel Hackett. You know why? His home fans are chanting at him to know the play clock because you know what a coach you know, the play clock, you know, who skated on all of this, Mr. Unlimited, Mr. We care a lot, Mr. $242 million, Mr. Always complaining about never getting an MVP vote. Uh, Mr. I get traded to the Broncos. We're immediately a Super Bowl contender because of this loaded offense of three tight ends and two elite running backs and good receivers. Defend Russell Wilson skating all of this. Why doesn't he deserve blame for how the Broncos have played over the last two games? You already said it. Nathaniel Hackett. Stop it.
0: This is the easiest walk in and walk out. Can't they both be blamed? The the jury is only going to deliberate for 36 seconds. Nathaniel Hackett has had the worst start of a career of any coach that I can remember and in recent history. And if you don't think he can manage the game, well, what makes you think he can design offense? Well, he's the first time play caller as offensive coordinator, and he's a terrible game manager. Like this game was worse than last game. And I listen, I watched this game. So I listened to the commentators talking about how they went back and revised their decision-making process in a game where they took a delay of game penalty, which backed them up to a 59-yard field goal, and they decided to punt it, despite the fact that they kicked the 64-yarder last week, and they're in altitude this week. On a third and short, they ran an option. Again, taking the ball out of Russell's hands, they ran a tight end like speed option and they called a timeout when he was like on the three yard line rather than taking the delay a game again that they shouldn't have taken they called a timeout to save five yards to eventually kick the field goal anyway which was irrelevant at that point like this is absurd you can blame russell if you want but the reason why he does not need my defense is because nathaniel's doing it for him he's a big meat shield for everything that's going wrong in denver right now you can't blame anybody but nathaniel hackett The defense rests.
2: The final argument from the prosecution would just like to point out that we would also like to blame Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. I don't think we need the judge to come in and uh, break this tie since we all gave up. But Christina, you can pile on Nathaniel Hackett, too, if you want to.
1: I I mean, we've said it all. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) It's not great. We've said it all.
0: Oh, man. Aren't you happy you're a Steelers fan? (laughs) (laughs) I mean you got a coach that's not exactly. I I have a coach
1: I don't know if I have a team but I have a coach
0: you don't have a team you do not have a team I know you don't have a team but you do have a coach all right let's check in on our bets last week Charlie before Mm -hmm. we wrap this
2: thing up all right let's go through this real quick 49ers they covered we won we agreed on that bet we made some people some money but we also have
0: some sadness about Trey Lance Um, that sucks for him It sucks for that team. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, they made the right choice. I was never one who was opposed to them bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back because I didn't think that the locker room was clamoring for Jimmy, but it was an ingenious move now. They got Jimmy back for $6 million and they have a team that's still a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Having Jimmy at quarterback is like it lowers the ceiling, but it raises the floor. So they're going to try to win the same way they've been winning is around uh, Jimmy's limitations Oh, O-line's not as good as it was when they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So we'll see if Jimmy can compensate for that. I got one, uh,
2: one, one quick follow-up question on this. And this is just – I want to broaden out a tiny bit on Trey Lance real quick and we'll get back to our bets. Should they should they still view him as the quarterback of the future? And the reason I, I say that is he didn't really win the job going into this season. Going into next year, he is a quarterback who his athleticism is, has been super touted and he's going to be coming off a major ankle injury he's not going to have really played football in four years. Most of his rookie contracts are going to be done. And like, I think that they'll still view him as the day one starter because they gave up so many picks for him. Is that just a sunk cost fallacy? Why do they have to give him the job? Yep. Exactly. Um,
0: I mean, I think you could argue the sunk cost fallacy, but it's also like committing to like being a flip flopper is not good either. You commit and see what you can get out of it. But I think this question only gets interesting if Jimmy plays well and they make a deep run, uh, otherwise, I think it's obvious you go back to Trey Lance when he's healthy. But it's going to get real sticky out there because I think Jimmy only signed a one-year, six million, right? Yeah, one-year six. Oh, so it's going to get real sticky at the end of the season if Jimmy leads them on a deep run. They, they kind of have no choice but to re-sign him, even if he's not that good, uh, because they can't bring Trey Lance back in off injury to not perform. So. I'd say that Trey Lance is still the guy unless Jimmy balls out. And then they're going to be, I guess it's a good problem to have, but they're going to have a real
2: problem there. What's our next bet. All right. Next one. We predicted the Rams would not cover against the Falcons and Pat us on the back. We're both geniuses there. The Falcons <laughs> did it. They went full Falcons. They came back from 28 to three, only to lose the Rams won but didn't cover. That's a, that's a great bet on our end.
0: Good. So we're on fire. We're making people money, making people money. All right. So, uh, third, we only did four, right?
2: We only did four. We only did four. All right. Third,
0: um, third bet. What do we
2: have? Uh, Broncos did not cover against the te- Texans. This is a, this is a plus one for me a minus one for you, Foxworth, because really? yeah, you were, you thought the Broncos would cover. I called that neck shaming. I knew Davis Mills would come through and, uh, <sighs> He would With he would cover points. for the Texans by the by the length of his neck.
0: I don't think that you can give the credit to Davis Mills. You have to give the credit to the Texans defense because nine points is not Davis Mills out there killing them. But
2: that's thank fair. you, Nathaniel uh, Hackett. Thank you, yeah, Nathaniel exactly. Hackett.
0: I think there's well maybe it's too late. We should have bet just known to bet against what well, you did. Just know to bet against Nathaniel Hackett. But I think the line is going to reflect that going forward. There will be a Hackett tax. Should we do that every week? <laughs> oh yeah i would like to let's just keep it going we bet against well we'll see i, I think there's going to be a hackett tax going mm-hmm. forward we're not going to get any good lines with the with them because everyone's down on our buddy hackett
2: and then the last one we got the Bengals, they lost outright and we both lost ah, on this one because we thought they were going to yeah. cover by 10 and you know what i think by losing that bet we can all agree Dak overrated
0: <laughs> you're trying to I'm end just this kidding. On, I'm just kidding. on an angry note for me oh my gosh the, the, I'm not never mind I'm not gonna get drawn into all of this uh, I, I actually should look forward to this because it gives me another easy take because that's how I became on team Dak was it was such an easy take everyone was down on Dak saying don't pay him blah blah blah, blah, blah. he's not that good And it was obvious that he was better than everyone thought and now people are trying to corner me into acting like Dak is Patrick Mahomes I never said he was that good He's just a lot better than y'all was treating him. He's good enough to get paid. All right. Everyone's favorite Foxworth is here. My favorite, your favorite, Ashley, my wife. Back for another episode of Roses and Thorns. Hey, buddy, how are you?
1: Hi, honey. Thank you for inviting me back. Um, I'm excited. I'm honored to be welcomed back. I'm also a little nervous, you know. Last time I wasn't, it was like talking to you. This time I feel like it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's still talking to you, but I feel like I understand, yeah, how like the sophomore slumps happen in albums, because it's like, you came out, you did not great, but you did it. Now you're coming out again, and you're scared.
0: What's an album that was a sophomore slump or an artist who had the sophomore slump that had you most disappointed? I don't know. (laughs) I I have no
1: idea. I mean, last time you mentioned college dropout, late registration, was that his second?
0: It wasn't bad.
1: It wasn't as good as college dropout to me, but it wasn't a slump. So I don't know. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, (laughs) I didn't
0: realize you can't, you can't go off the cuff.
1: I can, but I don't know. I don't like, I can't think of an album that was a second album where I really loved someone's first album. I don't know. See the difference, one difference between me and him. When I don't know something I say, I don't know conversation's over. I don't pull things out of my behind because I feel like I have to know things and have an answer. That's humility. That's grace. And you're welcome for it. Admitting what you don't know.
0: Nah, uh, it's called confidence. You say it with confidence and then it becomes the truth.
1: I know. I know. I have a best friend <laughs> like that. And I always believe everything she says. And then, well, I did. I I'm sorry. I know. I did when I was like 15. Um, And now that I am about 40, I'm like, you are a lie. Anyway, thank you for having me back. Um, I'm proud of you for your work. Okay,
0: that's enough um, of this nonsense. All right, roses <laughs> and thorns. But I am I was, no small talk that involves mushiness. I'm not here. Okay, for well, that. it's
1: not fully mushy, but seriously, like he's doing something new, and I've been around him as he's been struggling to do new things. Who are you
0: talking to? Who Persons are you talking are struggling? struggling? You saying he? I'm here. You are talking to me? Who are you talking to?
1: Oh, because I'm imagining that someone else is listening.
0: Someone else is listening, but they like to listen in. They don't want you to talk to them. OK,
1: well, I've been proud of you, but I do I'm have struggling? to say you were struggling. What about struggling? i never struggled anything You are not struggling, but I feel like you're trying to figure out how to do something new that you haven't and you haven't had your own podcast before. You haven't and like trying to like be yourself and do the sports stuff that you're supposed to do while also like. Getting people to not want to turn it off after one second, like, like that's you know, it's something new, <laughs> well, that's different. And I'm you proud here. of you. And on Thursday, I was down in the basement. Maybe I was not feeling my best for reasons that I won't disclose. <laughs> um, I cannot have three drinks apparently in the evening anymore, um, so maybe I was hungover. But I was listening to him, um, and he was doing all these other. Po- you, honey, remember when you were doing all these other podcasts and you were like trying to advertise yourself? And so this could be my thorn, although I wasn't thinking of it as a thorn. I heard you talking about Russell Wilson. And apparently that was like a subject that was coming up on Thursday. Yeah, And I didn't love it. Like, if you want to say his team lost a game, he could have done something better. Say that. But I heard you say like things about like, like, do people think he's phony or not? I don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know if people think he's phony or not. But as someone's wife, I'm your wife. I hate hearing someone else's husband Talked about like it like pains my soul and to have those words coming out of your mouth really really not that I think like Sierra is listening to this but like just that's a man that's a woman's a woman's husband and I just as your wife and you're somebody who's been talked about before there was this guy when he played for the Ravens who sat right in front of us who held up a sign and honestly it's witty it was witty but it made me want to cry that was Fox worthless. This was a Ravens fan and Dominique was a Raven. Literally one time you got an interception and he held it up and complained that you didn't run back enough. And he was like, he's still worthless. Like you must've dated his daughter or something in high school and offended. this." I have no no idea like why he hated you so much. I was a virgin
0: until I met you. That was it. Virginal. Well, I'm sorry to Russell. So don't talk about people's husbands. So I don't, don't, don't talk about, I, I should be kinder to, People, not only the married ones, though, right? So okay,
1: don't talk about anybody. Okay, you're right. You're right. That's not fair. That's, right, no, it's good. Good note. That's I marriages. need to check marital
0: status. No, before don't I, check I, I marital status.
1: Anybody. But like, either way, there's someone's son. There's somebody. I don't know. I just hate when people I love are talked about. Like, if it's like for, I get you work for a company like where your job is to analyze sports so talk to people as players but like you don't know if that man's phony or not you don't know him you don't know what he acts like all the time and sierra loves him and his children love him and his family loves him and they don't want to hear him talked about so unless it's like on the field stuff or on the court or whatever arena it's being played in i don't think you should talk
0: about it so that's a pre-thorn you out here giving pre-thorn you know
1: what that can be the thorn i won't have an I don't have to have another thorn. I don't even know if I do have another thorn. That can be the thorn. I'm
0: sure. I'm sure you can find one. Can we try to get positive now? Roses. Yes.
1: Okay. One that you're doing a good job and workshopping and working hard to do this new thing.
0: Boo. This is
1: two that you pick the kids up from school on Friday. So normally I do all the shopping around of children, and we're always rushing between two campuses. Um, and so I picked the little two up first and every day since they started back to school, they've been asking me to stop at um, at a pet store. I think it's like PetSmart or Petco somewhere that we pass. And my dumb behind is like, okay, kids, maybe one day when we're not rushing to pick up your big sister from school. And so on Friday... Oh, another another rose. You went and played football at recess with Declan, our son and his friends on football Friday. So that's two roses in one day. But then he picked them up from school also, and he stopped them at the pet store, the little two, and he managed to come home with zero pets. And that is the main part. That's <laughs> The rose for me. One, I didn't have to go Two, We don't have another pet in this house because because of me, you see me looking around. If you're looking like I'm looking not at the camera a lot because we have a creepy cat.
0: He's not creepy. He's just a cat.
1: Mm, okay. Um, our cat Lamar is gonna jump on me. I'm fearing and knock me out of my little stool. Um, and I can't even blame Dominique for the creepy cat. I got the cat. Um, I saw a mouse in the house once. The kid wanted the kids wanted a pet. I'm allergic to dogs. The mouse inspired me to get them a cat.
0: Oh, well, we have a cat, and the we pet store a was a, f- a fun trip. We walked. We had a good time. They um definitely wanted pets and borderline threw some tantrums, but they got over it eventually, so that's a good rose, I guess. Oh, yeah, and I dominated those kids at recess. Gave them. He did. It was ridiculous. No,
1: you could have just let them. Don't
0: invite me to Football Friday. No. Don't invite me to Football Friday if we're not playing football on Friday. I will not be coming back until they get that game up.
1: Was he sore or not, though, after playing nine-year-olds on Football Friday? We were at a (laughs) store later on in the afternoon. He was like, put your elbow (laughs) into my back, and I was like, what is happening? Can we just buy Oh, totally. You're my old. Knees, so my hips, I think all actually a few more football Fridays and the kids will be too. You. You'll be too beat down for them. <sighs>
0: That's possible. All right. Thorn me.
1: Okay. My thorn is what I said earlier. That's my main thorn. But I have a secondary thorn, which I just thought of when I said we went and got a cell phone later. So we broke down, judge it if you want, and got our oldest a cell phone because she's left on the campus by herself sometimes when I'm rushing between. Anyway, there are reasons that help explain us nothing to these people for her to have a cell phone, even though I did not imagine getting her one at this. It's like She can't drive yet. What does she need a cell phone for? Anyway, she got a cell phone. And I realized when I was setting it up, I was like, oh, we need to make sure she's sharing her she setup as a child cell phone. So we were like, oh, we got to set up the location sharing with both of us. And it reminded me <laughs> <laughs> of something that I realize and re-realize time and time again the Dominic doesn't share his location with me. The hell no. And I just don't know why. Like, what are you doing? I know you and I both know it's not like you're, you're about to say you're out here doing things. You're not like, at least we're going to hope you're not. Whatever. I'm more, well, I'm not in these streets either, but I do go out to dinner. dinners than you do. I'm more social.
0: I'm um, not an 11 year old girl. That's why I don't. So
1: what? I share my location with you.
0: Okay. Well, don't stop. I never asked you to share it. As a woman, it
1: actually makes me feel better, too. Honestly, I did stop at one point, like just being kind of pissy and only shared it with my sisters and brother. Um, but you're my husband. Like, why? Like, if I'm in date, like I share every Uber ride with you that I do. I want my location to be shared with you. Honestly, it helps me because I lose my cell phone so much. But why? Like, what is your reason for not sharing? You want to know where me?
0: I'm at? Call me. I don't know. I just... This, I'm older than you by a whole year and that uh, year a matters year, a, a few lot months,
1: let's be honest
0: I don't like uh, yeah I don't like having my location shared it's just creepy what, why do you need to know where I'm at call me if you want to know where I'm at you want to know what I'm doing are you, I where honestly do I don't be? think I'd
1: ever look at it I don't think I'd ever look at it. my sister shares her location with me obviously Avery now does too like I'm not about to be checking for it but it's just off principle like why are you so opposed to it that's what upsets me
0: you said our 11 year old daughter got a cell phone and we had to make sure Mm -hmm. her her location was shared exactly i'm almost 40 year old man but why wouldn't
1: you i share mine with you because
0: i don't want to i don't like it it feels creepy (gasps) Uh i'm
1: not gonna be like spying on you
0: It's nothing to spy on. It's not the point. We don't, I don't need to show. Okay, well, you know
1: what? Just because I don't like the way you're acting, I'm coming back with another thorn. And we said we would follow up with this. So let's follow up with it. If you can see behind him, the cork (laughs) board still looks awful. It's not even centered. It has like, he took down the one thing that was good about it was our kids. Don't tell
0: anybody. It's the secret. It's the secret. It's a secret.
1: That it looks ugly.
0: No, then they'll come and watch on YouTube and figure out how beautiful it is right now. I mean, it's nice.
1: No, it's not, Dominique. It looks awful.
0: I mean, it's it's a representation of me. That's it. You are in a beautiful <laughs> background and I'm in a dark, sad basement with nothing on the corner. You board. want
1: people to like feel like it's a representation of you. It's like you want their sympathy. But we had this conversation last week. We're not gonna have it again. Um, another follow-up from last week is he killed the parents' names this week. He like Ooh. learned them. Yeah, And he used them. He was like, I am practicing these for nothing. Hey, Tony, what? Like, like he there was no Mr. Tonys. Social at the game. I know, but I'm, you know, just use the mock name. He knows there are no Tonys because he knows their names now. You
0: are, I don't think they are. You not. are perfect, just all roses and no thorns. But you know, since, since we are bringing up uh, <laughs> names, guess who yelled out the wrong kid's name at a football game? Like, my son's flag football team has three people on it that don't look like everyone else (laughs) like three white kids on the flag football team you yelled out the wrong white kid's name when he caught the ball and it made me so happy I was joyous
1: in my defense first of all I would like to say this is not my show this is not supposed to be thorns about me because that's not what we're here for but anyway I can take it I can take it. It was messed up of me. In my defense, he really did. The dad was like, yeah, you're not even the first person to do that. Um, that's number one. Number two, the football team has been the same basically for like four seasons right now. And a new two new boys just joined. One of them I know, so that was easy. And then another new boy just joined. And he happened to look just like Orfe. On From the sidelines, watching him on the field, he looked really similar to the other boy. I apologize. I owned it. I mess up sometimes. We fall down.
0: We get up. We get up. I know up. his
1: name now. I didn't use it, though, even though I knew it because it felt like it was too like, oh, now I'm going to show you. I know your name. So I just said number two the rest of the time.
0: Great. Are we all thorned out, rosed up? We good?
1: You're great. You're wonderful. I love you. I love you, too. Bye, y'all.
0: Let's end it. You know what I'm not going to do this week? I'm not going to forget to thank all the people like I did the last two weeks. So Christina Buswell. Judge Christina. Thank you so much. Addie Khan, You're the best. Sarah Abbott. Outstanding. And Charlie, I guess. Thank you, too.
2: Thank you all. I love all of you. <laughs>
0: all right. See you next time.
1: This is the Dominique Foxworth show.